happy day after Super Bowl Sunday. It's your boy, Vince, on your show, QP Sports Exchange. So uh, for all my football people out there, you know, I hope y'all had a good weekend. But you know what Monday brings. It brings us hoops, and that's what we talk about on this show. On today's show, we're going to have news and notes. We're going to look at Brooklyn a little bit, who they picked up, how that can be helpful. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Atlanta. I got some thoughts on that. I have the rookie watch. That's going to be dope. Um, we got a couple player profiles in the land of college basketball. You know, getting you ready for the madness that is coming in March. You know what I'm talking about. And plus, these are guys that we are going to be looking out for when it comes down to the draft. So, you know, we got to bring that spotlight to them and see where they're coming from. So, with all that, so I want to get a couple house cleaning notes out of the way. Um, here at QP Sports Exchange, we're doing a little rebranding. We had B-Ball Monday. People loved it. People still love it. It's not like it's going to go away. We're still going to talk about topics. We're still going to give you jokes. We're still going to give you things to talk about with your friends. But what we're going to do is we're going to change B-Ball Monday to hashtag hoop questions. And the reason for the rebrand is that with QP Sports Exchange under the umbrella of Question Point Pod Network, we're trying to find traction in a competitive market. And anything that brings more listeners and more eyes to the website, that's what we're trying to do. Remember what the ultimate goal is. I am trying to chase down Bill, Ben Simmons, or Ben Simmons. I'm trying to tra- chase down Bill Simmons, and I'm trying to chase down my podcast idol, Kevin Smith. So this is what we're doing. We're trying to bring it all home. It's all question point pod. But you're still going to get the same QP sports exchange that you have been looking for. You know what that means. Rough, rugged, and raw commentary all the time. The thing about it is, is that hopefully in that you're also going to walk away with a couple questions that you can, you know, ask your friends and have some conversation about your favorite sport. Hoops. So that's why we're doing it. It's going to be hashtag hoop questions. Okay. The other reason why we're doing this is that we are trying to get you involved. You, the listener, is very important to me. You interacting with me is very important. And I want to welcome you to hit me up on Twitter with your hashtag hoop question. So we can go ahead and put that question in the pod. So what you want to do is say hashtag hoop questions and then ask your question and you're going to send it to my Twitter, which is QPP Network or my Instagram or Facebook, which is Question Point Pod Network. Real easy. We're trying to engage you. We're trying to get you to kind of come and join the QP Nation. Join us into the light. We don't need to be in the darkness anymore. The rise of QP Nation has begun. 
And I tell you that our dawn is a beautiful sight to see. So, hashtag hoop questions. So, it'll be hoop questions Monday. That's what it's going to be. Tie into the whole QP Sports, which is what? Question point. So, QP, if you never knew what that actually meant, QP stands for question point. And we're going to have hashtag hoop questions. All right? Is everybody on board? All right. Now, on to the pod. I love coming out of breaks because the music is so dope. All right, news and notes time, ladies and gents. D-Rose is coming back to Gotham in a trade. Detroit agreed to trade Derrick Rose to the New York Knicks for Dennis Smith Jr., a 2021 second-round pick that's via Charlotte, so it's not their own second-rounder. So D-Rose is going to the Knicks. He's going back to Gotham. Knicks fans, what do you think of this move? How does this move the needle in the Big Apple? I know the Knicks fans are out there. And I see you hovering around the play-in tournament. New York Knicks. Knicks fan. I see you. You're actually playing together you're actually playing a brand of basketball that looks like effort is big and it should be with Tom Thibodeau there that's you were gonna get that New York he might have been the perfect coach for the situation that's going on in New York City at this present time you know he just needed to have some want to and if you are gonna play for Thibodeau for Tibbs You must bring energy and want to every single time. Or you will be sitting on the bench. People who have thrived with Thibodeau. Jimmy Butler. Thrive with Thibodeau. Derrick Rose. Does everybody remember MVP Derrick Rose? And what that looked like? And how scary that was going to be until he had that horrific knee injury? So they brought back a guy that Tibbs knows. Tibbs can kind of, he'll be the filter between the young guys, the R.J. Barrett's, the Obi Toppins, the uh, Emmanuel Quickleys of the world. He will be the conduit between Tibbs, younger player, younger player, Tibbs. Because you know Tibbs does not speak the lingo of the 21-year-old. Okay. He's going to need some help. There's going to be some dialect uh, coaching by Derrick Rose. So let's see what else is going on with this trade. Okay, here's some of my thoughts with it. Derrick Rose will continue to play Jedi Master to the young apprentice point guard just as he did with Killian Hayes in Detroit. 
Okay, so guards like R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, those guys will be under Derrick Rose's tutelage to become better players in the league. How to take care of your body, get your rest. What are you looking for on film that's going to help you bring more to this team? These are all the things that Derrick Rose can teach them, and he's done it on different levels, right? He was the super, super star. This dude won an MVP. It wasn't that long ago, you know, like a decade, but still, this is one of these things where he has that cachet. And he also has the cachet of like the working man because he came back from injury. He wasn't the same cat. He didn't have the same explosivity that he did before. So he had to augment his game. He had to change it. He had to reinvent himself so he can help these young kids find their way in the NBA. And I believe that the Knicks picking up Derrick Rose was an absolutely brilliant pick on their part. Kudos to their front office for getting it done. Now, as far as the Detroit side, here's my thing. Maybe you hold on to Rose until the end of February. Okay. Um, Put a little pressure on these other teams that are uh, contending. You know, put a lot of pressure on the, and, and here's the other thing. By getting to the end of February, some of the teams that are flirting around the, the play-in tournament maybe now have fallen off. Maybe we have a clearer picture of what the playoffs could look like or somewhat of a close facsimile to what the playoffs might look like. And then, at that point, you can put the screws to whomever team comes in and says, hey, we like the services of Derrick Rose. What is it going to take for us to get it? Because here's the one thing, Detroit Piston basketball fans. You need assets. You need young players, controllable assets. Take a flyer on some upside all of that because you're just right now you have Jeremy Grant. Okay. Killian Hayes is off to a slow start. All right. Sadiq Bay looks good. I like him a lot. My man, Isaiah Stewart, we'll talk about later in the podcast, but you don't have, you don't have that, that killer. You don't have that star. You don't have that guy that can just say, okay, you know what, for the next five minutes of the game, I'm going to take this over. And I'm going to either bring my team back or put my team up a little bit so I can get some rest. You just don't have that guy. So as many shots that you can take when it comes to these type of trades, when it comes to getting, you know, trading away Derrick Rose, I just think I would have wanted to wait a little bit to see if there was anything else. Because here's the thing, getting Dennis Smith Jr., it's not a bad thing or a good thing. Here's the deal. It's a chance for him to resurrect his career. Somehow this dude is falling off, shooting 39% from the field total. You know what I'm saying? He was talking about going down to the G League to kind of get himself together. So there is, here's the thing. If he does pan out, you know, you can sign him because you have him. If he doesn't, <clears throat> that salary that you can say, okay, that's salary saved. You know, now we have a little less on the salary cap. 
And that's pretty much it. And you guys go your separate ways. What I was hoping that that maybe teams like Denver would get involved, maybe the Clippers. The Clippers are rumored hot on that. And I, just, I wonder what the hang-up for the Clippers were as far as who was offered in the trade. Because they were really in on D. Rose for a long period of time. I actually think that the Clippers were in and then, like, the Knicks got in. So it was the reversal of the, um, you know, of the baseball situation that we had last week where the the Mets were all in and then the Dodgers swooped in at the end and got them. So it was the reverse of that situation. So... As far as Detroit's concerned, you know, they got a second-round pick out of the deal. I really believe they could have waited. I just, especially this year, when you have the pandemic reality, you know, people coming in and out of the lineup, you know, teams not really knowing who and what they really are at this present time. I just think the end of the month, you might have gotten something better than DSJ. Just my personal, humble opinion on that. All right. So now we're going to go to Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn signed Noah Vonley uh, to a contract. And he is going to provide rotational depth. He's a forward center. 6'10", 6'11". Decently athletic. Has bounced around the league a lot. So we'll get into his, his story a little bit. So, first and foremost, Noah Vonley, he's from Haverhill, Massachusetts. <clears throat> he's a Haverhill, Massachusetts native, so shouts out to Haverhill, Mass. Shouts out to Merrimack Valley Federal Credit Union. Anytime that I can talk about Northern Mass and just giving Mass love in general, it's always a good time. So shout out to Dale Dyer and Kelly Tracy of Merrimack Valley Federal Credit Union. Love that place. Used to do business up there back in the Dizay when I lived in Mass. But um, Vonley has been with six teams, okay, in his short time in the league. He has a career net rating of negative 5.2. To me, Vonley is just kind of a holdover piece. You're kind of waiting, if you're Brooklyn, for the buyout market. And you're, you are praying to the basketball gods that Andre Drummond or JaVale McGee from the Cleveland Cavaliers are bought out after the trade deadline is over. That is really your most viable attempt to get something that resembles a rim protector. Vonley is nice. He's an he's an okay piece. If he if he hits, if he clicks, great. You know, you didn't pay a lot for him, got him off the scrap heap. Maybe your player development is better than everybody else's of the six teams that he's been with. But I don't know how much help Noah Vonley is going to help the Nets not score, not give up 140 points every time they get out on the court. 
Defense has to be better, fellas. But you guys know that. You guys are all-time greats. KD, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving are great. We're going to give them their flowers on the offensive side, but they got to figure it out on the defensive side. And I'm sure they're trying to do everything they can to do that. But the effort needs to be there, and those guys need to come together. Maybe they need to go spend some time in the Hamptons for a second, chill out, you know, socially distant style, of course, but, you know, have a couple cognacs and say, hey, all right, what are we going to do to remedy us giving up 135 points every single game? Where dudes that are coming out of obscurity to have career nights. You know what I'm saying? Can't have that. Can't have that at all. Our last note of the day is a little bit of a sad one, but it's not as serious as it might sound. Atlanta Hawks forward DeAndre Hunter is having knee surgery to repair a torn meniscus where it doesn't seem to be serious. It would keep Hunter out for about four to six weeks, which begs the question, is it time to move on from Cam Reddish? And I know this might be a real awkward time, to ask the question, is it time for the Hawks to divorce themselves from Cam Reddish? But I want you guys to hear me out, all right? Cam Reddish this year is shooting 36.5% from the field. He's currently shooting 26.6% from three-point land. And last year, he shot 38.4% from the field. And 33.2 from three from the field. So, it's not getting better for Cam Reddish in a Hawk uniform. The saving grace, to me, is his free throw percentage. His free throw percentage is at 82.1%. So, to me, that means that the stroke is there. It's just confidence, right? It's him saying, you know what? I've done this all my life. You know, he's probably been playing basketball since he was four years old. And now it's just time for him to get off that mental block and start stroking it the way he was when he was a McDonald's All-American. Now, right now, Cam Reddish's uh, net rating is a negative 1.2. That's not that bad. It's just the eye test with Cam. He just looks hesitant as a shooter. He seems to have lost confidence in the shot altogether. And that is why I'm sitting there and saying, I don't know where he fits in to the Atlanta Hawks. And I understand that he gets another opportunity with DeAndre Hunter out. So he has a chance to claim that starting role and get his production to where it should be. Here's my one thing with Cam Reddish, though. And this is why I think it's time to move on, Atlanta. So, ATL, don't get, listen, don't hate on me. I'm not trying to tell you that your man is trash. And I'm not even trying to tell you that he can't fit into your system. But this is the one thing that I know of Cam Reddish. I believe in Cam Reddish now, still, to this day. I think he can be an awesome player. I highlighted a lot of the negatives so far. 
but I'm going to give you something that is going to probably unlock something for you. I think they should try Cam handling the basketball more. Because every time he's ever looked in rhythm is when he's had the ball in his hands. That's kind of why I would like him to go to a different team where he doesn't have a ball-dominant guard like Trey Young. Don't get me wrong. Trey is awesome. We love Trey. We love the logo shots. We love the rainbow threes. We love the dribbling. We love shaking people, breaking ankles, all of that. But I think for Cam Reddish to be able to have the ball more will benefit him. Like, if he played with a point guard like Lonzo Ball, obviously spacing would be an issue because you need a shooter. I'm just talking about somebody who has that mindset where it's like, I don't need the ball. Let's just pass it and find the best shot. He's one of the better guards in the game to do that. He doesn't hold on to the ball for like 20, 22 seconds and then throw a laser pass and there's a layup. That's not what he does. He's motion, get the ball out. He might, there might be a reset in the offense. He get the ball at the top of the key. Then he's looking for who's moving and cutting to get to the open man, to get the assist, you know, and make his teammate happy. And I think that that type of player would benefit Cam Reddish, and I think his stroke would automatically become more confident because it's not a lot of standing around. With Atlanta and Trey Young, you what you want to do is you want to space the floor. You want to give him enough room so you don't have like three dudes in the key just killing him as soon as he tries to go to the bucket. So I just think that this might be a time and a place where these two sides, maybe it's time to, you know, go your separate ways. All right, ATL, let me know your thoughts on that. Cam Reddish, is he going to turn it around and take a stranglehold on this opportunity that he has because DeAndre Hunter is going to be out for a little while. Prayers up to you, DeAndre. Speedy recovery because you was doing work when you weren't hurt. You know what I'm saying? You had really taken over that starting role and playing such a great brand of basketball. We can't wait for you to get back on the court. Prayers up, DeAndre Hunter. But if you guys think that I'm absolutely wrong about Cam Reddish, hit me up on Twitter. QPP Network on Twitter. Question Point Pod Network on IG and Facebook. Okay, Bay Area, it's your turn, all right? So it's time to turn up a little bit, get hyphy, put on a little E-40, a little too short. Shout out to my Bay Area brother and one of the hottest podcasts out there, Logan Murdoch. Shouts out to the real ones on the Ringer Podcast Network.
I love you, Logan. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. Love what you do. Love the energy. Love the real ones. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Because I like to bring that type of heat myself. But we are in the Bay right now. So I want to bring a lot of heat. I want to bring a lot of energy right now. Because we're about to talk about the man. We're about to talk about Steph Curry. Okay? And you can't come just like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to talk about Steph Curry. Nah. Nah, nah, nah. My man is putting in ridiculous work. Okay? Steph Curry is doing some superhuman things at this present time. And it's time for QP Sports Exchange to give this man his flowers and give this man his accolades. So let me hit you with some numbers real quick, okay? All right, so this season, Steph is shooting 48.1% from the field. He's shooting 42.5% from the land of three. And he's shooting 93.7% from the free throw line. And everybody who knows anything about what we used to call this pod, B-Ball Monday, which is now called hashtag who questions Monday, knows my wife, Belinda, loves the free throws. Why? Because they are free. And she loves that. Now, here's the other thing with Steph. Okay, so those numbers seem real, real crispy. But I got something better for you. So, now, vintage Steph, right? This is before the injury, right? This is before he got hurt. 2016, 2017. Listen to these stats. 46.8% from the field. 41.1% 41.1% from the land of three, and 89.8% from the free throw line. Well, you say, Vince, that, that sounds pretty, you know, pretty good. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. Look at his stats from this year. Again, let me give them to you. So he's shooting 48.1 compared to 46.8. In 2016, 2017. All right? He's shooting 42.5 from three. At that point, he was shooting 41.1. And free throws, he's gone up by 4% as well at 93.7 to 89.8. Now, here's the impressive part of this whole deal. He's putting up those type of numbers. Oh, yeah, he's averaging 29.6 points a game as well. So he had a 30, you know, he had a 30 slot. You know what I'm saying? Racking up 30 a game. But here's the impressive part about that whole thing. He's doing this under the team's know that Steph is the only one who can beat them. Steph has seen gimmicky defenses with a sole purpose is to take the ball out of his hands, which is probably playing right in Steph's hands as well. Because he's coming off screen so crisply, so smooth, so buttery, like fine Corinthian leather. It's insane. 
And then you know what happens. Logo shot. Logo splash. Dagger. And then Steph will shimmy at the logo. While you look at the floor and go, damn, he really did shoot it from there. So it's just crazy what he's doing. So better numbers with less help and defenses are devised to stop him. So better numbers without Clay and defenses king on him. I'm just telling you if there was a thought whether he was back or not, whether he had lost a step, we can go ahead and put all that noise to bed. Steph, go dance on him. Shoot your shots, bro. Live your best life. You know what I'm saying? Keep it super real in the Bay Area. Shout out to Coach T's wife, who is from the Bay Area. Shout out to you, Coach T, and your wife and the fam. Hope everything is well in Charlotte, North Carolina. So just want to hit you with that, what Steph's doing. Okay. It's just great, man. It's great to have Steph back. It's great to have John Wall back. You know what I'm saying? It's great to see KD back on the court. Clay Thompson, we miss you, brother. You know what I'm saying? Get well. Prayers up to you. I know you're going to get real, real gritty when it comes to your rehab situation. I know how you like to lock that down. So I have every confidence in the world that the Warriors Dub Nation will be back and the Splash Brothers will be together again as one. Can't wait to see what that looks like next year. But it's so great to have Steph and and some of these other stars back just because, you know, it just brings such a, a, a different texture to the basketball season, you know, because, hey, man, whether it's 72 games or 82 games, man, there's some times where it gets real mundane and you're trying to find stuff to talk about every week. You know, I'm trying to bring you an hour's worth of podcast, and I got to have topics and I got to figure stuff out every single week. And when you have people like Steph, you got people like John Wall, you know, on the court, there's always that chance for something special to happen, right? And what did Steph do on Saturday night? Man, did he deliver. 57 points, 19 to 31 shooting, you know what I'm saying? Killing it from three-point range. I mean, that's just sick. It wasn't a losing cause, but the game was super entertaining. You walked away from that game feeling really good. Going like, dang, Steph, Steph got way in his bag. And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, Luca, Luca was doing his thing too. So it's just, it just brings up more real cool hoop conversation. You know, that hoop conversation that you have in your barbershop. Right now, you can't have that in your barbershop. You know what I'm talking about. But, you know, you're sitting there, you're chilling with your mans, and you're sitting there and you're going, hey, Yo, did you check out Steph last night? Did you see what he did to them? That's the type of stuff that we have now. Again, a little bit more of with KD back, with John Wall back, 
and with Steph back. And I'm just so happy to have them in the league. I'm so happy to be able to talk about them every single week and their exploits of how they cooking people left and right. Okay, we moved to Hoop State. Shout out to North Carolina. Shout out to Coach T. Shout out to MI. I will say what? My adopted pod area of Charlotte. What up? Shout out to my boy, Braylon McCain. We're here to talk about a little game that happened on Saturday. You know what I'm talking about. North Carolina versus Duke, right? And if you're in that state, that is it. There's nothing else. It is that game. Whose side you on? Are you with the royal blue? Or are you with the baby blue? The Carolina blue. Which one you got, right? And that game didn't disappoint yet again. I don't care what the records are. I don't care how these teams look. Whole year, they always give you quality games, always give you great content to talk about. And now I get to spend a couple minutes diving in to the North Carolina Duke game. And I got a couple thoughts and I had a couple things that I picked out that I wanted to bring to people's attention. And we're going to also swing right into that to a player profile. Uh, of somebody who caught my eye in that game. Some of my Tar Heel takeaways, as you will. North Carolina winning the games, winning the game. Kudos to the Tar Heels, getting it done, making it happen. All right. Caleb Love bombs away. Bombs away for Caleb Love. My man hit four out of five from three. You know what I'm saying? He was doing his thing. He was real big in that game. Scored over 20. Handled his business like a real G in that game. They went to Garrison Brooks early in that game. And I would have liked to have seen them um, continue to punish Duke. Because they had no physical answer for Garrison Brooks. He looked like a man. Now, ACOG looked great too as far as that's concerned. But Garrison game, as far as overall, led you to believe with his strength and his size, led you to believe that he could have went off for 20-plus easy. And in the early beginnings, they fed Garrison a lot. And then they just went away from it inexplicably. Now, I understand that my man Caleb Love said, yo, I want to get on QP Sports Exchange, so I gotta have I gotta get in my bag and score these points. I just think for Carolina's overall success as they continue to grow, if you got a matchup where Garrison Brooks is able to kill people, you need to exploit that matchup as much as possible. All right, which leads me into my player profile. This player profile 
is on Duke's Matthew Hurt. This dude can shoot the rock. Okay. He's got a little bit more of a, um, he can get his shot, which was surprising to me. I didn't know he had that much wiggle on the bounce. You know what I'm saying? But there was something that was painfully obvious in that game. And this is where the player profile starts. So I watched that whole game, right? I sat down. I got into it. I was taking notes. I had everything going. Here's what I looked at when I saw Matthew Hurt. That dude looked overmatched in physicality-wise when it came to um, Garrison Brooks and uh, Daron Sharp. All the bigs just took turns abusing that dude, and he eventually fouled out with like three, four minutes ago, and that was pretty much the demise of Duke. Even though he wasn't playing his best game, he wasn't shooting it well at all. But to me, when he's on the court, it's better for Duke. But the problem is, is that if he was thinking about going to the NBA like this year, I would tell him to stay in college. And one of the things that I would tell him to do is to get into the weight room, increase his physicality or to be able to match others physicality match their other you know their presence still keep your feathery feathery beautiful jump shot that you stroke it from three very well you know keep your bounce keep your little wiggle off the bounce so you can you know pump fake and go and get to the hole and dunk on fools but that would be my advice to Matthew Hurt is that he looked physically overmatched in that game and it was painfully obvious and that's the problem Duke right now you don't have any bigs that you can rely on so that guy is your big you know Jalen Johnson is a genetic freak he's a complete athlete he looks ridiculous on a basketball court because he does things and he's at a size and a speed that you just go that's 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 not normal you know what I'm saying? But against a team that has legit size in the middle, Duke going to get ate up all day long unless they come up with some kind of elaborate, like, stifling 2-3 zone. Which, you know, Coach K is awesome, so you never know what that man might come up with. A couple other takeaways from uh, over the weekend. We saw Indiana upset Iowa. Over the weekend, stunning, stunning loss for the Hawkeyes. Sorry about that. Iowa, Hawkeye fans. But the most important thing that happened in that game is that the Hoosiers kept Luka Garza, who probably is the college basketball player of the year, hands down. I don't care what you say about his Lack of mobility or lack of this or lack of that. That dude has been getting buckets every single game. So right now, he's the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to college player of the year to me. Now, here's what the Hoosiers did do. They stifled Garza. Usually Garza can, you know, he hits a couple threes a game or whatever at a high clip. 
but the Hoosiers kept him literally at zero attempts from the three-point line. Dude, that's hard to do. That is commitment on the defensive end to say, not only are you not going to hit any, you're not going to shoot any because as soon as you step out to that three-point line, you will be accompanied by your own personal Indiana Hoosier bodyguard because we are not letting you get off threes. So that was like the, just to me, when I saw that, that was my takeaway. It was like they held him to zero attempts. And then when you go back and look at that game, he never had a good look. And he's always going to make the right pass or try to do, make the right play. So he didn't force it. He didn't go star and say, yo, man, I'm the best basketball player on this court. And I'm going to hit this contested three in your eye socket. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me all three of these. And a bag of chips. Because I'm, I'm hoisting it up no matter what. He definitely did not do that. So, a couple weeks ago, Coach T did a player profile on this pod on Luca Garza. So, I advise you to go back into the archive pods and listen to it. He had great insight on what he thought Luca at the next level would look like. So, it was a couple weeks ago. It was in B-Ball Monday, which we're not calling it that anymore. Hoops Question Monday. That's what it's going to be. Get on board with it, guys. Get on board. You know what I'm saying? This helps you, too. Questions. Questions from you that will end up on the pod. But, yeah, go take a look at that. You can uh, get the archive pods. Go tap in to the archive pods. You can go to questionpointpodnetwork.com. That's where all the archive pods are. Or you can go onto all major pod platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Pod, CastBox, you know what I'm saying, Podcaster, whoever, whoever you like to go off of, whoever your podcast platform choice is, you'll find us. QP Sports Exchange is everywhere, and we try to bring it real, real big for you. All right. So our last player profile of today is Illinois junior guard Io Desumu. Okay, listen, I'm probably butchered the last name, but you know who I'm talking about. This dude, uh, Io, is getting it real, real big. He's doing it on a just a extra special level in the Big Ten. So I had to take a look, a close look at my man's because. He dropped 21, 12, and 12 against Wisconsin last week. Okay? I don't care who you are. You dropping 21, 12, and 12, that's doing work. So kudos and shots out to Ayo Desumu. This is what I got. A little digging will give you like his physical stat. We'll give his physical, you know, build. We'll give you his stats. And then I'll give you what one scout told me about him. All right, so he's a 6'5", 200-pound guard out of Chicago, so you know he got mass swag, okay? Kids that come out of Chicago, come out of Chicago going like, yo, there's no type of basketball like Chi-Town basketball, and they just have that flair. They just do it, i.e. Taylor Horton Tucker, Pat Bev. 
Dwayne Wade, newly acquired Chicago Sky Star, coming back home, Candace Parker. Shouts out to Candace Parker. She gave the La La a ring for the Sparks, and now she's going home to Chi-Town. Candace, we love you here in the La La. QP Sports Exchange is super happy to see you going back home to the shy. But back to my man's. Okay, so he's a 6'5", 200-pound guard out of Chicago. This year, he's shooting 48.6% from the field. Pretty good. He's shooting 41.1% from three land. And he's shooting 82.7% from the free throw line. Averaging six and a half rebounds and 5.1 assists. So my man is getting it done on all levels. Okay? He's passing ball. He's getting boards. He's scoring the basketball. Putting, listen, you got me on three? No, you don't. Because I'm going to go ahead and hit this shot. All right? I'm going to take all three of these. All right? So as far as the stats are concerned, he's, he is stuffing the stat sheet on a real, real level. Now, as I turn the page and I go over to the scout, because I'm going like, why is this kid not higher on draft boards? Because I'm seeing him like in the 40 range, 40 plus range. You know what I'm saying? He's not even in the 30s. So I'm kind of going like, why? Why, why would you not want somebody who can put the ball in the hole, but he does all kinds of other things like rebound and assist? But here is what I got from the scout. Scouts are still kind of iffy on whether his size and all-around game will offset his lack of athleticism and lack of specialty skill. So what the scout told me is that he doesn't do anything great. He does a lot of things good to very good, but he doesn't do anything great. They say that the three-point shot is not what it is. Because there's some, there's a lot coming non-contested because Illinois does move the basketball very well. So they wonder if there was a hand up in his face, would 41 drop down to 35? You know, they say that he's a he's a good passer. He would be a great secondary ball handler. They don't see him as a primary ball handler. And the rebounding is because he's six foot five and he's 200 pounds. It's not necessarily. He's getting a lot of rebounds. But the way the game is played now, he probably will end up getting like five rebounds a game in the NBA if he makes it. Now, I asked the scout for the comp. Listen, we're not trying to put the kid in the box. All I'm saying is, if you have not seen Ayo Desunumu, if you've not seen him play, go check out an Illinois game because he's doing work. But here is the player comps. So the scout said, high end, he's uh, DeJounte Murray. Worst case scenario, he's Jerry and Grant. Not Jeremy Grant, Jerry and Grant, his brother, who's kind of been in and out the league, can't really find his way, can't find his role, that type of guy. Now the comp in the middle, and I when he said this, I was like, okay, I can see that. And it's none other than Big Ten legend 
Etwan Moore. Go, Purdue Boilermakers. Go. Etwan's from Purdue, so, you know, shouts out to Purdue. So he's an offensive-minded Etwan Moore. Well, hell, that's pretty good. You know, Etwan is one of those guys that sticks around the league, you know, brings something to the team. But if you're saying he's a more offensive-minded Etwan Moore, so you're talking about, like, this dude can get me, like, 14 on a regular? That's pretty valuable to have in the NBA. And you can have a long career, you know, being like that that sixth, seventh, eighth man coming off the bench. And if you're giving me quality minutes where I'm getting 12 from you every single game, yo, you can make a lot of three-year three-year contracts at $10 million. You can make a lot of those. You know, sometimes you can get out, depending on if there's silly money out there, you can get into the 18 19 million dollar range. You know what I'm saying? My man can get a couple of those 18 million dollar, you know, three year, uh, what is it, three year, uh, 64 million or whatever. I think he'll be ready to go. You know what I'm saying? I think he would take that type of career. So keep a lookout, watch some Illinois basketball. You know what I'm saying? Check my man's out because he is doing real. Real work. It's that time again. It's time to bring you the top five in Rookie Watch. Rookie Watch is always sponsored to you right now by YouTube TV. Because I'm going to have a breakdown in here. And I'm going to put some names up there. So just remember that for the end of this. All right. Your rookie watch is looking like this. It's pretty much some of the same characters. There's a couple of little add-ins, and then we're going to get into what they did last week, um, highlight some of their positive contributions to their teams and all of that. So Tyrese Halliburton still leading in what I, the categories that I look at, okay? I told you about it. Go, arc, go to the archive pods, and I did a whole breakdown on where I go get the information to make the rookie watch, all right? So Tyrese Halliburton of the Sacramento Kings is number one. We got LaMelo Ball of the Charlotte Hornets, number two. We got my man Xavier Tillman of the Memphis Grizzlies getting it in at number three. All right, Jay Sean Tate is back, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't know about this kid and this kid's story, go to questionpointpodnetwork.com. And there is a blog up there on Jay Sean Tate. I think it's really a good read. And if you want to know where this guy has been and some of the struggles he's got uh, gone through to get to the league, my advice to you is to go and read that blog. All right? And I'm going to tell you who wrote it. It's your host, Vince. I wrote that too. So go get it. All right. Number five on the list 
is Isaiah Stewart out of the Detroit Pistons. So we're going to talk a little bit about these guys in a second. Um, we're going to start off with uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Last week he had a game where he scored 21 points on 8 of 15 shooting from the field, 5 of 9 from three-point land. He had three rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a win against the Boston Celtics. Dude, I don't know what more this dude needs to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, this kid, to me, is showing everybody. It's like, I need to start. I need to start. And I need to start pretty soon. But my man is getting it in. He really doesn't have a lot of games where it's just like, oh, ooh. yeah, that's bad. He really has stayed very consistent throughout the whole year. And I am looking at him at number 12, and I'm going, I just, wow. Detroit, what were you doing at 7? What were you thinking at 7 to let that man pass and go? To the Sacramento Kings. All right. LaMelo. <laughs> LaMelo Ball is doing LaMelo Ball things. All right. Uh, last week he had a game where he got 34 points. He had four rebounds. Eight assists. And a loss to the Utah, Utah Jazz. But Ball shot the ball well. He went 14-27. That's over 50%. He hit four of nine threes. You can't go wrong with that either. And my man just had an all-around game. The thing about LaMelo is that he clearly looks of everybody that has played as a rookie this year. No offense to Anthony Edwards and no offense to James Wiseman because I believe that those guys can still be really, really great. The only thing is is that LaMelo's doing it on like such a level, it's just it's hard not to see him as a rookie of the year. And as QP Sports Exchange likes to always talk about, he was our preseason pick for rookie of the year. So it's good when these things pan out, like our our Super Bowl pick. We won't get into that right now. We got a football Friday for that. So you know what I'm talking about. All right, we're going to move on to Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman had a solid all-around game uh, against the Houston Rockets last week. Actually, it was the other night. He had 9 points, 10 rebounds in 23 minutes, so he he gets it in. My man is not being paid by the hour. He's like, yo, I'm going to go get these boards, and I'm going to get putbacks, and you're not going to have to run a thing for me, and then I'm always going to make the right pass and the right decision on defense. And this is what you get when you get a kid that was coached by the legendary Tom Izzo at Michigan State. Shouts out to Coach Izzo in Spartan Nation in Lansing, Michigan. Home to the greatest point guard to have ever lived. And that is one Magic Johnson. So anybody coached by Tom Izzo is just, he's just a good player. He knows what to do on the court. It's kind of like Michigan State is the is a college equivalent to the San Antonio Spurs. You know what I'm saying? 
if you can get that correlation, you understand where I'm coming from and you picking up what I'm putting down. That's real, real cool. All right. In the same game that uh, my man Xavier Tillman had his had his little little uh, double digit rebounding game. Jay Sean Tate scored 19 points on seven and nine shooting, two or three from three point land, seven boards and a couple dimes. That's efficient basketball. Another. Big Ten guy. This is a very Big Ten heavy podcast. I just noticed that. I just noticed that it's been a very Big Ten heavy podcast. But the Ohio State alum had a really solid game. I mean, you can't really ever complain about 19 points on 7-9 and nine shooting, 2 or 3 from 3-point three land, 7 rebounds, and 2 dimes. You can't, there's nothing to complain about that. But every time that Houston puts him out on the court, he makes really smart basketball plays. And that brings us to our newcomer for the rookie watch, my man, Isaiah Stewart. This man was at the University of Washington last year, put in work, was killing people, but... We didn't know if he had gone the way of the dinosaur, meaning extinct because he is what they consider an old school center. Okay, I got the air quotation marks up, an old school center. So my man last week had a game where he had 10 points, 10 rebounds, 2 blocks, and a losing effort against the Suns. But, I mean, he did Everything you want him to do. And see, big men really do exist. No, it's not a legend like Sasquatch. Do you remember a time back in the day where there were just everyone had seven footers? Like everybody had a seven footer. It was like Oprah. And like you have a seven footer and you have a seven footer. And you have a seven-footer. Everyone has a seven-footer. That's what my man Isaiah Stewart reminds me of. Like an old-school center. He actually reminds me a lot of Kevin Willis. Okay, young kids out there. Kevin Willis is your YouTube clip of the week. Sponsored by YouTube TV. You know what I like about YouTube TV? I like the options that every month I can change something. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not watching a lot of movies right now. So, you know what? I'll cool off the movie channel. Or, football is over. So, I don't know if I need this this extended sports package. You know what? You can't do that with cable. But you can do it with YouTube TV. And that's why I'm telling you to get YouTube TV. Listen. Cable's trash, YouTube TV, all the options, all the amenities, watch it the way you want to watch it, a la carte, decide on the channels that you like. So if you want to get into that Game of Thrones because you still live in that pandemic lifestyle, then get yourself into some Game of Thrones. You know what I'm saying? Get yourself into some Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know what I'm saying? 
Get yourself into that. You want to go ahead and binge watch some Westworld? You can do that. Or you can say, you know what? I really need to read a book and I probably need to go ahead and, you know, scale down my TV activity. Well, YouTube TV, it doesn't punish you for making changes. It says, hey, you want to make a change? You know what? On your next bill, you don't have to worry about that 1099 anymore player. We'll go ahead and take that off. Cut your bill down because we want to make it work for you. And that's why YouTube TV gets down with QP Sports Exchange. And that's why QP Sports Exchange gets down with YouTube TV. All right. So, for the young kids out there, YouTube Clip of the Week, Kevin Willis, Atlanta Hawks, go get it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about because we're going to talk about it right now. So, Isaiah Stewart reminds me a lot of Kevin Willis. He's real physical. He's a seven, you know, he's close to seven feet. He brought, always brought the energy. He's always playing defense. And he was always eating glass. And what I mean by eating glass, he was just getting bored. So he was like, <laughs> eating boards. And he was always good for 12 to 20 points. You know what I'm saying? It's like, to me, why is that? Why is that not something that we need in this league? Oh, and the other thing that Kevin Willis brought and the other thing that you see with Isaiah Stewart is this. It's not safe for guards to go into the paint because you're going to get some physicality there with my man Isaiah Stewart. He always looks mean too. Like his game face is real, real strong. You know what I'm saying? His game face is real like, yo, I'm coming out here to try to dominate. I'm trying to take your heart. You know, and that's the type of dude you want off the bench, giving you 23 minutes a game, a lot of energy, defensive-wise. You know he's going to bring it every night. You know the boards are going to be contested. You know he's going to be physical in there. Just muck up the, you know, just muck up the race type of guy. You know, gritty guy, grind your guy. And that's what Isaiah Stewart is. That's why I love his game, and I, I love – how he's playing right now. All right. So you know what time it is. Your boy is now going off there. And I know it's been a quick one, but you know what? We tried to bring nothing but energy, nothing but love. And what I'm going to do right now is tell you about a couple things. One, um, be good to yourself. Take care of yourself um, in this time, you know, get yourself whatever you need to do. Get yourself 15 to 20 minutes of a mental break, you know, and do something for yourself. I guarantee you, you will feel better. Make sure you keep your loved ones tight, you know, hook them up, love them. Um, make sure they know they're appreciated. Make sure they know they're accounted for and make sure they know that they are cared for. And then, if you can, if you have the means and time or money, please help out your fellow man. Help help out your neighbor. It's a tough time out in this world. 
Make sure your neighbors are cool. You know what I'm saying? Make sure people aren't going without. Make sure that these nonprofit organizations that are doing such godly work are staying in full vigor, as I like to say. Shout out to the Christmas Carol. Shout out to Everdeen's Scrooge. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, if you have your heart to be able to give or to be able to give time to a, to a neighbor or whatever, just to, you know, hear them out, it'll do them a world of good and it'll do your soul a world of good as well. All right. So we're almost out of here. The one thing I am going to say again, I appreciate the listeners and the reason why we're doing the rebrand is for you. So keep on sending in your questions to Twitter at QPP network hashtag who questions Monday hashtag just who questions your boy, your host Vince will read said question and say, you know what? That's a good question. And we are going to have that on the pod. It's going to be real simple. You ask me a question. I go, Hmm, that's a good question. We're going to put that on the pot. All right. So hashtag hoop questions. Hashtag hoop questions Monday. At QPP network. And let's interact with one another. Let's get after it. India, you are doing a good job at downloading the podcast. Now you need to do a good job. Of hitting me up on Twitter. Same for you. The United Kingdom. Shots out to Big Ben. Shots out to the Queen. Okay. But my Londoners. London town. I'm going to need for you to get at me. On Twitter. QPP Network. And hit me up with a. Hashtag. Who question Monday edition. All right. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for pushing the QP Nation movement forward because that's what we all about. And you know what else we are all about. And I'm about to bring it to you right now. All right, air horns, you know what that means. It's time to get real excited, but it's also time to bounce. I will see you on Friday for Football Friday, and then come back with us next Monday for hashtag HoopQuestionsMonday. And I am out. <laughs>